What's up, y'all? Take a seat. It's your favorite hour of the week with the Facts Over Axe crew. And I am uh, Joshua Guyton. This is the first piece of media that I'm introducing myself as Joshua and not Artie Ziff, my uh, alter ego I created for myself at the age of 13 that I'm still running with. But, um, yeah, this is just a podcast where we're or um, all three of us individually all, all expressed our displeasure with with sports media and uh, over exaggeration of numbers and uh, over exaggeration of the same three topics that you see on every sports show and um we just come to it with a fresh approach and with facts and with a perspective of people that actually uh set through grueling hours of watching king's grizzlies games as opposed to just looking at basketball <laughs> reference box scores and telling you that we know the game so yeah, I'm uh Chris. I'm just so sick and tired of cutting on my TV at this point, man. Especially, and then another thing, Twitter. I just, I, we need to do this because I want to talk sports with some people that actually got some common sense, man. Because it's getting, it's getting ridiculous, man. I just had some kids tell me on a Mount Rushmore for the Bulls, they would have Derrick Rose over Dennis Rodman for the Mount Rushmore for the Bulls, man. And they were so <laughs> serious. They were so serious, man. Oh, man. What's up, y'all? I'm Ken Gibbs. Um, played football for a while. Now I do sports journalism. And, 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 you know, like they said, just reiterating what uh, what my wonderful co-host said, where we just tired of the format of, oh, you pick a side on this argument, you pick a side, and we going to go at it, you know, facts and, and, and logic and reason and be damned. We just want to scream at each other about something. Because that's, that's the thing on this show. Sometimes we're all going to agree on the topic, and that's just that. But uh, much like the Supreme Court, even if they agree, there's going to be somebody to say, I agree, but I agree in this slightly different way or whatever the case may be. And that's that's what we do. We're not going to sit up here and say wildness like, oh, yeah, Kawhi's more clutch than Kobe because he just hit a game winner. Like, that's not that's not how we <laughs> roll here on Facts Over Acts. So that's that's what we're going to bring y'all. We're going to bring y'all the real. We're going to bring y'all the raw. Um, and that's that's who we are. Now, before we get started on this first subject, um. Going off what you said, Chris, can we can we all come to an agreement that in our lifetime, at least for me, uh, Derrick Rose is the most overrated basketball player of our lifetime? Hmm. Ah. Uh, Derrick Rose is the most overrated. I, I, I mean, only say this because I got into a, another Twitter debate, which I need to stop doing because maybe this, this <laughs> podcast will be my outlet because people just keep saying stuff that's that's ridiculous it was a graphic that said who are you taking in a three on three and it was uh lebron kobe and shaq versus jordan pippen and derrick rose and i said the fact that you photoshopped derrick rose into this picture was disrespectful to those other five players and people thought i was wrong for saying that (laughs) man man i mean ah i have to really think about who's really overrated I'm, I'm I'm saying he won. I'm saying he he won a MVP that he won off of a narrative because he was the media. The media loved them. The media votes. Well, for he kind of won an MVP because he came from nowhere. Like, LeBron nowhere. was the villain that season. That was LeBron's right, MVP. Right, exactly. exactly. Everybody exactly. knows LeBron MVP, but Derrick Rose came out of nowhere with this dynamic season, and it was just like, oh man, he's a young guy. He's gonna be doing this for ten years, and then. 
they the, the the media carried that MVP for Derrick. On, on top say. of that, we speak in this vacuum of hypotheticals as if if Derrick Rose stayed healthy, the Bulls would have rang off championships. LeBron I, I was still so in the much. East, and I can't think of a universe. Even if Derrick Rose d- doubled his stats from his MVP year, you can't put me in a universe where your second and third option in Luau Dang and Carlos Boozer is beating LeBron, Chris Bosh, and Dwayne Wade. It's not even happening. when he even when he got G after the first injury, he still was decent. He still was a decent player. And that still wasn't enough. And Jimmy, you see what Jimmy doing in Miami by itself right now. Not necessarily by itself, but you see what Jimmy doing now. But I, so. and I, I think if we're going to talk about what Derrick Rose uh, was or was not and whether or not we think those Bulls can win, then we, we definitely need to talk about Tibbs and how, I mean, let's be honest, Tibbs is very, very he holds a lot of culpability in ruining what Derrick Rose would have been. But um, if we're talking our lifetime, most overrated player, I'm sorry, but I I really can't put him over Harden as far as overrated, and, and and I know that you a Rockets guy, Chris. I know, I know, but like people act like Harden is the second coming and like a ring is inevitable for him, and I I don't really I don't see it. I don't see it. He's a great scorer. When he is locked in, he's a, a man defender. He's a, He's not bad at defending when he wants to do it, but he's man. He doesn't move the needle for me. Like, I, oh yeah, we got a guy that averages thirty. Put him on that guy, and we'll be all right. I, I really don't get that vibe from him. I, I don't get that from watching him play. I just, I, you know, so I don't, I don't think that he's the type of guy that you say, oh yeah, a ring is coming. A ring. All he got to do is stay the course on what he's doing, and the ring will will be there. Especially not with Brian in the East, man. Uh, not with Brian in the East. If Paul George at his prime couldn't do it. Which Paul George is hooping better, surprisingly now. But Paul George and that that Pacers team couldn't do it when he was on. He they pushed Bron to his limits at one point, and people say Derrick Rose. I, I just don't. I don't. Um, I just, even if LeBron does his thing in Miami, it goes the exact same way, and he goes over to Cleveland. Let's say he don't have enough firepower to win in Cleveland. And Derrick Rose stays healthy that entire time. And Chicago does beat them, let's say, in 2015. You can't drop a scenario in me in which Clay and Steph aren't cooking the Bulls. Mm. So oh, Golden State still absolutely. wins that ring. I've, but, I mean, if, again, in this hype, but the, and the only reason that I don't like doing a hypothetical that reaches this far is because we don't know what that team does around him if he stays healthy. Because if he stays healthy... They don't they get Jimmy Butler. They got they and they also... And they also got to get rid of Tibbs. You, there is no universe where they play him th- that many minutes at the high velocity game that he played, and he stays healthy. Like Tibbs has ruined multiple stars doing that. Just hey, it don't matter. We're gonna play you forty minutes a game. We pay you super max money. You are gonna play super max minutes. Like that's not how it works. Yeah, Tibbs is the second worst coach I ever seen. It, it's it's so bad. It's and I only so say bad. he's not first. I'm sorry to hop onto the Rockets bandwagon. I know you a Rockets guy. Oh, again. Man. But look, biggest like look, that, man. But look, we gonna do it like y'all that, all know I'm a Kobe guy. And the most impressive <laughs> season I've ever seen with my own two eyes was Kobe's 17th season. And I firmly believe he could have finished the rest of his career healthy if Mike D'Antoni didn't play a 36 year old man 40 minutes a game. It doesn't make sense. And as a coach, as a co- you got to say to yourself, if we don't have the horses in the stable, we don't have the horses in the stable, and we'll live with that.
but I cannot, I can't ride this man 40 minutes. He's not there anymore. His body isn't that anymore. We need other stars with him, number one. And number two, we need a rotation. We need to use him correctly and intelligently, and, and he didn't do that. He, he I mean, and, and to your point, Josh, I know Dan Tony's my, my coach of my team. I like the Rockets, but. I mean, you ain't winning no championship with Dan Tony, bro. You're not winning no championship. <laughs> James Harden isolation is just like I, I, I like you like to see it when he's cooking, but if he off, man, you don't have nothing, no backup plan. Like I, I want Dan Tony out of there to be honest with you. If we ever want to win a title in Houston again, we got to get Dan Tony out. Of quick, there, quick fun fact before we actually address this first topic. Um, when I first saw this stat, I thought it was a lie, and I had to go like uh, double check it, cross reference it myself. James Harden has attempted more free throws in his career than he has jump shots. Damn, and that's what I mean by that's a large part for me of what makes him overrated. Because don't get me wrong, drawing fouls is a part of the game. Getting to the line, getting points that way is a part of the game. Okay, whatever, whatever. But at the end of the day. If he doesn't have a situation of, like, we all know late in the playoffs, the refs swallow their whistles. That's just how it works. Right. When you get deep in the playoffs, when you're in the finals, nobody want to see you go to the free throw line and shoot 20 free throws. That's not happening. So if if part of your game, if a large chunk of your game is getting to the free throw line via tic-tac fouls and, and you know, like you can, you can get those against Michael Carter Williams. Like a ref will give you a lot of leeway doing the arm rake against Michael Carter Williams. Is he still in the league? Yeah, yeah, Michael Carter Williams still in the league. <laughs> hey, listen, hey, listen, we not going to heat up. Michael Carter Williams, if you hear this, I apologize because you be catching strays all the time for no reason. I saw you catch one on Twitter not too long ago. I'm sorry, man, but I, you was just the first player that came to name. That's like you you play in the league, but you're not a big enough name for them oh, to be man. like, all right, we his, not his first game was his best game. Hey, listen. Hey, listen, he deserved that rookie of the year, man. I, really I was just glad you didn't I'm just glad you didn't say Tony Snell. He did oh, I've never, <laughs> never seen a guy play play 40, 40 minutes in the game and only have one stat category field. I've never seen it until I met <laughs> Tony Snell, bro. Hey, listen, man. The, he was out there with the, the Bronze Intimidator on. Oh, at the, man. <laughs> at, the, at the end of the day, but, like, seriously, though, in, in, in looking at Harden's game, when you get to the free throw line that much, it's cute, it's cool, it works during the regular season. When the game slows down and when the refs are like, all right, we're going to let him get physical. You're going to get to the line and you're going to – get maybe six, seven free throws. You go get six, seven free throws. Okay, that's not the same as when you could virtually carry the team's offense just by driving and drawing contact. You're not going to get those calls in the finals or in the conference semifinals. Dan Tony going to sell tickets. We can just end it like that. Dan Tony, it's just Derek. He's going to sell tickets. He's going to sell tickets. I mean, at the end of the day, watching isolation basketball is good sometimes when the guy's cooking. So you don't ever know when he's going to cook. So you're going to sell tickets regardless. Like, I went to Houston in January just to go see the Rockets play because I was like, man, I got to see James Harden live. Is he really really shaking and dicing niggas up like that, man? I really just got to see for myself. And the small ball and, and analytic ball, it's exciting to watch. I mean, let's be honest. The small ball and the analytic ball, it's exciting because you combine putting a bunch of guys who can run and jump and shoot on the court together. Like, everything else be damned. Yeah, everything they bring it back to the backyard for sure. They bring it back exactly, to the backyard exactly. for sure. You got guys yeah. shooting from wherever. You got guys pulling as soon as they pass out court and harden. And then because of that, they space the floor out more and they run more. And, and when they run – 
you're liable to find somebody open on the perimeter because they're getting back to defend the run. And and it, when it's clicking and when it's rolling, it's beautiful basketball to watch. It's it's not from a purist standpoint, from a casual standpoint. It's beautiful to watch. But, you know, it's not sustainable. You can't win a championship like that. I, I'll be the first to admit, and I'm proud to admit, that I'll, I'll be the resident old man on this podcast. But <laughs> analytic basketball, is does it not infuriate you to see that no one takes a mid-range jumper? Mm. Oh, man. The I, game is a lost art. Someone <sighs> will catch the ball at 15 feet, and instead of taking an open jumper, they'll look around as if they just caught a meteor and won't shoot the ball. <laughs> it's gotten to the point, guy, and bro, I play 2K, rec, pro AM, etc. Guys will be wide open. You passing the ball for the mid range. <laughs> take two <laughs> dribbles back they on that. the video game where you, where you where you know you it's 2K. You know you're gonna miss it when you t- dribble back after you catch it on. And they still shoot the three. It's just everybody I, shooting corner threes at the rec. If I had uh, one more rebounding wing that's pulling up corner threes on me. Oh, no, it's awful. It's just <laughs> god awful. It is just god awful. But now getting into getting into topic number one. I mean, obviously we are we are living in a a sportsless world at the moment. Uh, the best thing that we've we've seen recently is uh, the WNBA draft, the NFL draft, and um, and the uh, Last Dance. So. We gonna we gonna address a lot of that, but right now we just gonna get into how's how's life without sports. How are y'all coping? What's going on? Well, um, I mean, I started off. I'm 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 decent, I guess. It's weird not watching baseball today with the pink uniforms and pink bats, but we supposed to be watching the playoffs right now. Right. Like Absolutely. I don't know. Absolutely. That's just just as weird to, to be in the the end of spring and and not watching, not watching the playoffs, which will probably been been the most exciting playoffs we've had a chance to see, and what since twenty sixteen was was probably the last great playoff. Nah, nah. Twenty sixteen was a great playoff. Nah. On the west side, on the east side, it was like I, I was like, oh, man. I don't know. I... I mean, wait a minute. Twenty sixteen was the year where Brown hit all those game winners in one playoff, correct? Or am I wrong there? That was twenty seventeen. No, that, that was twenty sixteen. When they swept, both teams basically swept through. And, okay, and, yeah. But no, Golden State, no, it, that was three one, three one. Yeah, versus, yeah. Uh, the finals was great. The finals was yeah, great, so, and the conference finals was great. But the first two rounds, man, I was like. Bro, these also, teams are just on a collision course, dog. <laughs> the conference finals in the East wasn't that good in 2017. I mean, 2016. I'm sorry. It, it wasn't. The what Eastern was it, Toronto? Yeah. 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 Another sweep. <laughs> LeBron top. Come on. Nah. It just, it wasn't. It Like, hmm. if, if I'm talking playoffs, I'm talking top to bottom. And in 2016, not even, not even, even if we excluded uh, the, the game winners from LeBron and all that, it that was still just like a really good player. I mean, you you looked up and you thought you knew who had every series, and then next thing you know, it's like, oh, they they stole a win on the road. Wait, what? That was just down to it. It, it would have that happened for a few different teams. So I mean, it, I can't really, I, I can't. Get it would it would be exciting. It, it would have been better had the freaking Thunder not lost that series. I think I would have enjoyed that because that would have mixed it up because nobody saw the Thunder coming. When it was up 3-1, I got a friend. He's the biggest Russell Westbrook friend in America, dude. He called me and was saying, get ready to send me my money, man. Because I bet, of course, I took the Warriors as the favorites. He was like, I bet $100 on it. 
So he already told me I might as well send the money over now. And I did. And I sent the money over. I was like, hey, no way they come back to 310 KD. <laughs> and he had to send me 200 back with my 100. Uh, he was just I mean, sick. I I'm mean, just... you a smart man, though, because honestly, from what I've been able to get from, from just watching the game over the past five years, as long as Steph Curry and Klay Thompson are, are breathing, I'm not betting against them. Yeah, me neither. Me neither. I, I made that decision one time. I made that mistake one time. And. So I was just high off the LeBron coming back in 3-1. <laughs> when he saw them again, I'm like, okay, they got KD, but Kyrie and, Ky- and Brian, come on now, come on now. I was like, ah, never, never again, never again. Never. You no, got to be no, an elite no. company for you to join a club that I'm not betting against. In basketball right now, I had a conflict of interest because I'm not betting against Steph and I'm not betting against Kawhi. Mm. Mm. That's, ah. You know what? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You know what? We gonna we gonna. You know I I gotta get into it. I got to. Kawhi is another guy that history will remember him much more fondly than he actually like. History is gonna Paul Bunyanize him and make him out to be something that he wasn't. Yeah, he's a re- yeah. he's a really good player that rarely ever plays. Like I can't. I can't give you the. Love I don't see him. Playing. I don't see him playing another five years in the league. I'm sorry. I oh, don't see him playing. But, but I don't my, see my him big play. thing is, my big thing is, why is everybody so excited when he has a big game? Of course, he just took the last five off. Yeah, he only had yeah. to work two days a week. You best believe those two Look, days. I'll, I'll say it from this standpoint. I'm not a fan of rest because I'm the old school guy. But just watching Kawhi's games is so slow and methodical. That like you don't ever seem like you have a chance of making a run against whatever team he's on. And that's another thing about Kawhi that I say why I say history will remember him more fondly than it should, because he's in essence a product of great teams and great coaches. The only coaches he's played for in his career, Pop and Doc. Those are two that are gonna be first ballot or already in. Like and that's just to me. Well, if, no, you forget you forget Toronto coach. You forget Toronto coach. Oh, I mean, I'm sorry. Nick I think Nurse. that's a Hall of Fame coach too. Yeah, I'm, that's what I'm exactly. saying. Exactly. Nick in. Nurse, but not only is Nick Nurse a Hall of Fame coach, that team without him was a conference final runner up. They were that team without Kawhi was literally uh, all they needed was LeBron to have the flu for one series, and they probably would have went to the finals. Honestly, Dean, they just need Dean, they just need Dean. LeBron not to be there one year. And they would have won this. They would have won the East. Sorry. All right, not, and not, that's, now, not that's, to that's not, exactly. not to derail us again. Um, but before we get off subject, I gotta say that say this while it's fresh on my mind. I was uh, as I mean, it's the reason that we started this podcast. It was rooted in another argument that I was having with somebody that made no sense. Um, those teams that LeBron beat those Raptors teams with DeRozan and Laurie, I was having a, a discussion with somebody that was arguing that uh, LeBron's competition in the East throughout his finals runs, the eight or nine in a row that he had, was as tough as the Western Conference matchups that Kobe went through in the mid-2000s. And somebody wanted to argue with me that the 2017 Raptors could beat the seven seconds or less Suns in a seven-game series. So who's nah. checking Amari in that situation? Serge Ibaka, or was he still? Nah, he, Serge not there. Yeah, he's not here's, there in seventeen. Ah. Here's here's my thing. Here's my thing on on that note. The same way that we talk about uh, D'Antoni's shortcomings as a coach 
now, they still existed back then. They but still existed back then. D'Antoni's the shortcomings is, won't show themselves in a series against DeMar DeRozan. And that's that was what I was about to say. Yo, Larry's and your... It, there's a, a famous phrase that goes around in, in recruiting and all that. It's not about your X's and your O's. It's your Larry's and your Joe's. And the, the fact of the matter is the 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 Suns had too many horses in the stable to to really be stopped by that team. And also, I mean, if we're... They was going to play two versus three. <laughs> so. but, but also, the Suns, the Suns had the unfortunate had the unfortunate luck of playing one of the NBA's uh, Wonder Boy franchises, right? Like, it's at the end of the day, it's when you play a Wonder Boy franchise or or a, a, a Wonder Boy player that's supposed to be like the next Messiah or something like that, you have to know certain things that should not go against you will. Like, at the end of the day, the ref should not play a factor in what happens in the series, what happens in the game. But when you're up against certain teams, when you hear the commissioner say, it's good for the league when this team is good. You know that like that team is gonna get extra boost in ways that you're not supposed to have to beat, but you have to. And right. at the professional level, it's a shame. It should not be that way. There should be no thing as, as uh, star player calls. There shouldn't be point blank period. If you're a star, then you should be able to prove that you're a star within the rules of the game. They shouldn't be able to create something called a gather step so that you can do your thing and get off with your with your move or, or crab dribble or whatever the case may be. If it's a walk, it's a walk, it's a walk. There shouldn't be a, well, you know, he if he gets contacted differently, if he gets contacted, we'll call it differently than if this player gets contacted. There shouldn't be that. But the Suns, not only were they going up against the Wonder Boy franchise in the Lakers, they were going up against one of the Golden Child children, except for when the rape case happened in Kobe. And that's that's just what that was. So... I mean, and still but, almost blew that series while that was going on. And that's what I'm saying. And that's what so I mean at the at the end of the day, I I think that that Suns team is better than they get credit for because they they didn't get past the Lakers, they couldn't get past the Spurs, but those are two dynasties. Those are two like hey, you you wouldn't be surprised. You were never surprised if they made the finals and you were never even surprised if they won it. Honestly, man, y'all making me yeah. want that tiny out of there tomorrow. Anyway, <laughs> back on subject, <laughs> man. Back on subject, man. So I go next on the so life for all sports for me, man. So you know, I just recently graduated college, and and at the end of the semester, every every spring semester, which spring is January to May, I look forward to just rewind, rewinding down, rewinding, going back and watching the last couple games of the season right before the playoffs. And it's been so tough, man. It's just been so tough. Not only have I not been able to like celebrate for real, I can't even just grab some popcorn and watch no sports, man. It's just getting ridiculous, man. And what I hate the most about it is you see all these players, they've been on Twitter and Twitch playing the game, man. It's like, dude, go work out <laughs> or something, man. Like, if y'all come back next week, none of y'all going to be ready. It's just like, uh, I get that you ain't got nothing else to do, and that was the big most the biggest part of your life, and you did it on your free time anyway. Now you got a bunch of free time. But just don't – you don't have to show us that you – like, I, I I love this guy, Josh Hart. Man, he was on Twitch for, I think, 12 hours one day, man. It was just like, oh, what? come on, man. Come on, man. Like, 12 he, hours? He, he, he broke his keyboard, stomping his keyboard out, man. It was just like, come on, man. The worst don't thing just... that happened to Josh Hart was Josh Hart. 
Like, <laughs> like, Come on, man. like, like his rookie year was promising, and I'm like, if this dude just stay in the gym and work hard, like I see the makings of like. I don't want to rank him this high, but I saw his ceiling as like Chauncey Billups. Like the games were similar. He was a little more athletic. He seemed like he could be a vocal leader, but his need to be like cool and a streamer and be a meme has like come in. It's basically he forcing it. it. Yeah, yeah. But versus like, it's nothing worse than somebody that's trying to be cool. And that's yeah. like, like him, his need to be cool has bypassed and his need granted, to be a he great was playing, Granted, he was playing with, with the two mean guys that they, 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 the young kids like to say, like Kuz and, and Lonzo, because they, they're everywhere. They're they're popular wherever they go. And but granted, not intentionally. Not intentionally, you know what I'm saying? So, I mean, he kind of, I feel like since he was with them when they all came aboard, I feel like he just wanted to. He was like, why, why am I not with them too? So it's just like I feel like he chasing clout that should just he should just let come to him, man. Just let yeah. it come. I I I just it, one one quick quick thought about uh, Josh Hart when I when I watch him play, I didn't see. Uh, I I get what you're saying to Chauncey Billups as far as the leadership and the poise and the, the the pace of play and how he just naturally he had his own pace to things and he he never really seemed rushed in the game. Uh, well, he did seem rushed at times, but not as much as other young guys. Um, but but one thing that I, I I saw in Josh Hart, he was he's a lot longer than Chauncey, if if I'm correct. If I am I am I making stuff up? Yeah, that? I, I mean, like yeah, he he, he, he rebounds the ball well too. The, the reason That's I compared him to had... Chauncey was I think they're very similar in ability to shoot an offensive game, and they could both finish around the rack. Gotcha. But when it comes gotcha. to defense, I think Josh Hart makes up for in length what he doesn't have in in strength, which is what Chauncey had. That's what made Chauncey a Absolutely. great defender was Absolutely. he's been strong ever since his rookie year. Absolutely. And I, I really wish I really when Josh Hart was talking about how he worked on his dribbling and, and how he wanted to, you know, dribble the ball more and be less of a, a three and D guy and a bit more of a, a playmaker, I'm I'm in my mind I'm like what are you going to go and do that for, kid? <laughs> this is the NBA. The 3 and D guy is endlessly valuable. If you don't think that you could get paid millions of dollars to stand in the corner and make four out of every ten from that spot, look at Kyle Korver. I mean, that's you You can get a lot of money just doing that and defending. And you a lot of money. Look, look at Luau Dang. Hello, hello. So many you, and Luau Dang didn't even play in today's NBA. Oh man, Trevor Ariza is the prime example. Trevor Ariza exactly. is the prime. I mean, he's, exactly. He got fifteen million last year, I think, just for and, one and year. What does, was like... and, so what does Trevor Ariza have? He has the ability to shoot the ball, the discernment to know I'm not a ball handler. I just shoot the ball, and also he has a length defensively. So he has I'm guard um, your best player. <laughs> exactly, he has he has some he has some defensive utility in that. In this new NBA where they just switch everything, switch, 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 he'll be all right going up against the two all the way out to a stretch four. He'll be okay with any anything in there. And that's, that's you know, and now that he's older, he'll have more difficulty keeping up with the, the twos and whatnot. But the point still remains, if you are a 3 and D guy with length, you're going to make some money. You don't, you don't need to shoot. Crowder don't need to, to ball handle. You know what I mean? Like, Jay Crowder don't need to ball handle. That, Damari Carroll. 
he does not need to. Hey, I need to be a playmaker. I need to do this. I need to do that. And both of those guys are a lot longer than Josh. By the way, solid pickup for the Rockets. Solid pickup for the Rockets. Just want to add that. <laughs> but the but the fact but it, it, oh yeah, him and Covington, excellent pickups for the Rockets. But the fact yeah. of the matter is, do you see why we calling them excellent pickups? Because what do they do? You can switch them, and they shoot the ball, and they gonna run. That's and they gonna get it. off the way when James Harden got the ball. <laughs> exactly. That's all Josh had to do. But he talking about I I need to put the ball on the ground. No, no, you didn't. No, you didn't, son. He didn't he even didn't. do that in college. He didn't even exactly. do that yeah. in college. In college, he was a 3 and D guy that could drive the ball. In, in the he's, words a, of he's an excellent rebounder is what I don't get. Why don't you rebound, outlet pass, then go get your spot? When, when, if they if they stop the fast break, go find your spot. Be the, be the trail guy. In the in the words of Patrick Ewing, uh, when do you practice that shot? That, that to me, is one of the most beautiful sayings of all time because you could apply to so much. Josh Hart got a green pl- and red pie jar. He don't need to be putting the ball on the floor. <laughs> exactly, exactly. When do you practice that shot is an important thing. Um, all righty. Uh, for for me, life without sports, man, it's 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 been it, it started off as like kind of a catch twenty two because although we didn't have the NBA playoffs and I, I love the NBA, my biggest thing is is football. Uh, that's I'm gonna make no bones about it. That's I've played it for 17 years, know the game inside out, backward and forward. But um, so, so in not having basketball, I was able to break down draft prospects uh, for the NFL more closely than I had been in in some years, and that that definitely helped me out with with my evaluation of who I think is going to be some movers and shakers in the league, and who I think like, oh, he's a he's a workout warrior. He looks good in t-shirt and shorts, but he's not going to be good in in uh, pads on Sundays. And like that was cool for a minute. But like, all right, now the NFL draft is passed and all that, and everything is shaking out with that. It's like, okay, I would, I would love to have some sports, some anything, some, 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 so, you know, some, Man, some. Along when I saw them sport. Aaron Bowling, dude, I said, uh, I, uh, and you can only watch so many old games because I don't know about y'all. I can't really watch a game. I know who gonna win. It's just kind of like. Ah, it just kind of killed my vibe, man. I can go back and watch games that I haven't seen before. Even if I know who wins, I can go back and watch. Yeah, it yeah. If I haven't seen, seen it, but before. if I've seen it, and, yeah. And uh, I, I'm gonna keep it a whole band with y'all. I cannot watch games where the players are not skilled. Like I, I can't. <laughs> I'm and I'm I, and I know that I'm gonna sound like that guy that's like, oh, he started watching basketball in 2002. Like, I mean, at the end of the day. Watching some of this old school basketball that's been on on the NBA channel and all that, it it's been hard, man. It's been hard to watch. Watching when you when I watched that uh, Phoenix Suns uh, Sonics Finals, and that was I believe that was the year that Chuck won the MVP. I'm thinking to myself, I'm I'm about to see some like you know some MVP caliber basketball from Chuck and a bunch of other guys who like excel in their role and are like good at what they do. No. There was there was about four guys on that court that I said to myself, they could definitely play in today's NBA. I have no question about that. They could play in today's NBA. All the rest, I'm like, mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, <laughs> all righty. He's gonna. This is this is cool. I mean, he's that shot form is awful, and and it's not uh, it's not consistent at all. He keeps releasing the ball from different points. This is ugly. But yeah, um, it's. I, I'm I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm trying to get an old school a shot. I really am. But it get discouraging at points because I saw Jordan hit a behind the back with his right hand and he recovered it with the right. 
and the, the announcers lost their shit. Like they they acted like they had never seen anything in that in that vein in that mode before, and they were just like, "Oh my God, Bob, have you ever seen that before?" He went behind his back and he grabbed the ball with his right hand. <laughs> and in my mind, I'm thinking, "Lord Jesus, I I don't even want to know what they say looking at Kyrie." I mean, Steph would probably get arrested for witchcraft. Like this is, this is just different. But but there are a lot of there are a lot that a lot of series for back then that they really do have a lot of skilled players. So I, I'm not one of those guys that's like, oh, this they had nothing but just awful brutes who are out of shape and back. Because uh, watching the the Magic and the uh, Bulls when Jordan came back from baseball, that was an excellent that was an excellent series to watch. That was an excellent series to watch. Um, and the, the post play was great. The footwork in the post was great. The just, it was just a, a really, a really clean and good game to watch. You know what I mean? Like Jordan is obviously Jordan. He was doing his thing. Pippen and and and, and crew were doing their thing and cooking. And Penny and Shaq were doing their thing. But I mean, also the the uh, Nick Anderson. You know what I mean? Like he he was he knew his role. I'm a three and D guy. That's all I do. You know what I mean? He knew his role and he did it well. So that was. That's good to watch, but yeah, but this no sports world, man. It's it's tough. It's it's tough. I ain't even gonna cap with you. It's it's been tough. It's been it's been real, real tough. And 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 speaking of the no sports world, uh, we've 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 devolved to a point where you know even in guys who want to talk about sports, because there's nothing left, we we might have to branch off into the sports gossip and, and what's what's going on in these guys' personal lives because. This Earl Thomas situation, we gotta, we gotta speak about it. We got to. <laughs> well, for, for starters, um, I've been stepped away from football for a few years, so I'm not even sure of Earl Thomas's impact on the field. So I'm gonna let mm-hmm. y'all address that. But I, I have um, briefly briefly glanced over what's going on with him so before we even get started to to clear things up for maybe the audience and and for me um if i'm not mistaken earl thomas is a married man correct very much so okay very married okay married with uh, a a few kids and a a few kids okay yes so i'm i'm under the impression that um during this quarantine and pandemic and everything he was somehow gone from the home with his wife and children in it uh, yes, sir. That he was is go- and his reason was that he was going to go hang out with his brother. Yeah. Yep. That was the ex- uh, the reasoning that he uh, gave to his wife. Yep. Okay. So yeah. how long was he going to where his wife felt the need to investigate this? Now, now, now that part remains unknown. How long exactly he was gone? Uh, I we 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 don't we don't have that information at the moment. Okay. Um, was he in a different state? Because I think he they, they, he was in Vegas, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, let me let me check and see here, because I believe that he was. Okay. Uh, but let's see here, where he he was held in gunpoint at. Uh, wow, that's that's tough. That's tough because his his wife's name is Mrs. Nina Thomas on on IG. Yikes. <laughs> Yikes. You hate to see that. Um, but he was in Austin, Texas. So that's that's where he played his college ball. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, so a college town. Yep, yep, yep. Okay. College. okay. I was about okay. to say he's college town. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and, um, and, and his wife used, he left a Snapchat location on, and that's how his wife was able to find his whereabouts? 
so she she picked up her phone and and logged into his Snapchat and was able to uh, find his whereabouts through that. Yes, sir. Huh. Okay. All right. All right. And uh, upon her arrival with many friends of her, mm-hmm. she found her she she found her husband and his brother in a precarious situation. Uh, in bed with other women. Yes, sir. How That's many other uh, women? Uh, well, I'm I'm looking for details on how many other women. Uh, at the moment, we um. <laughs> You know we're we're facts over acts, so we're not gonna speculate. Okay, that's uh, yet to be says, determined. Okay, it just says other women, uh, meaning they were plural, um, more than more than one, uh, more than one. We we know that for a fact. Uh, there were multiple women in the bedroom. Yeah. Okay, I just want to start by saying I don't know how many uh, levels in which that is 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 wrong. Um, as someone that's married, the the only one on this podcast that is married, and my wife is in a room as I'm recording this podcast, we can all, all agree that that is wrong. But on top of... He would of never like, do that to you, Mrs. Guyton. He would never. <laughs> but on top of him um, breaking his, his union, I also have a sibling, and I couldn't think of... I don't know how PG we want to keep this podcast, but I couldn't think of engaging in coitus where my brother is involved either. I don't know, like, I, and 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 you know what? I, as someone who has a brother as well, I agree. I agree. Okay, all right. Me, me, and my brother, we we are we're we're close. We we talk, uh, we talk uh, fairly regularly, but there's just some things. Hey dog, this this a me thing, man. This is, I survived twenty five. I've survived twenty five years without seeing my brother's meat. Like I don't think like that's. <laughs> I mean, listen. If, if if anything, if if my if me and my brother was getting it cracking in the same hotel room, you go ahead head to the shower. I'm gonna be in the bed or whatever the case may be. Or I mean, I'm an NFL player. I just get the room next to yours. Yeah, they got Boom. the little hotel rooms with their adjoining doors in case I, I you want to just like about share to say, beverages I mean, or something. Hello, like, it's Earl Thomas, not an average drug here. It's, it's yeah, Earl yeah. Thomas. And, you can. You can get a whole suite with two rooms in it so i mean exactly exactly and so if we're if we're speaking about his on the field uh accolade he was part of the legion of boom uh up in seattle um he was probably one of the better he he was probably top five i i think it'd be hard to argue he was outside of the top five safeties in the league in his prime okay um and uh, even now, still, he's still a very quality safety. He's yeah, still, yeah, definitely, definitely. He was like, he's he was, he was to like do an more anchor on that Ravens defense. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. The Ravens defense is more complex than the, uh, and this is according to Earl Thomas. And of course, of course, I watch film and, and, and break down of him and all that. But even according to Earl Thomas himself, um, he was he was quoted as saying, "This defense is a lot more complex. We just don't play cover three because he was the center fielder, uh, basically for." the uh the the seahawks and now with the ravens i mean he's he's playing more of a traditional free safety role where he he's got to roam around and, and he's asked to do a few different things you know he's he's asked to be the deep half guy deep third then at time uh then at times he's asked to come down and and uh make some big hits and be in the box a little bit so he's 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 had more roles uh and had to wear more hats even at a, a little bit older age, and even as he may have lost a step or two, but he's still very effective. He's he's no slouch. Okay, just now, to give y'all a, a a scope of where I am, I I know football, um, I know names, I know if you want to break down defenses and schemes and all that, I can give you that much. It's just the fact that like 
the last time I watched football or I could say I was into football, the safeties that like ran the league was Ed Reed and Darren Sharper. So I know names, but it's just the right. fact that I haven't watched a full game or a season in so long that like I don't know the magnitude of star power that plays into this Earl Thomas situation. Yeah, Earl, Earl Thomas is he's he's a uh, he's a big name if you follow football. He's a okay. big name if you follow football. Yeah, he's, definitely, if, you, definitely. if you don't, you can step away from football him. today and you will still know Earl Thomas. Is basically yeah, for sure. Okay. For sure. Now, now, my my only objection. Actually, you know what, Chris, I, I'm gonna let you go ahead and, and get in with whatever you need to say because I I got some 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 things that I got to get off my chest about this thing. But you you go ahead, Chris. Okay, so just like guiding over there, I mean, I, I, I'm a I'm a big football fan, and I, I I refute. I'm a Steelers fan. I want to just say that. So the Ravens, it's hard for me to watch the Ravens game. Man. It's really hard for me to watch the Ravens game because I'm a Steelers fan. But on the situation we have here, that's a no no. That's a no no. That's a no no. But can we just talk about how? I don't want to be disrespectful. Let's just say it just wasn't smart for his wife to just assume that it was something dire need that he needed to go to Austin with his brother for whatever reason during quarantine where everything is closed. It's not like he's going to hang out. It's not like he's going to go work out with somebody else in the league. It's quarantine. You're really not supposed to be leaving a home at all. So for her to just say, not even ask questions, which I don't know if she did ask questions or not. She might have. But for her to just be like, yeah, that's fine. Just go ahead. It's just... Maybe she realized that. That's why she went to further investigation. Maybe she realized this is so random for him to just get up and just, you know, go go hang out with his brother in Austin. So maybe that's why she further investigated it. So, I mean, I'm just, that's just where I'm at it. Right, right. Okay, now, now, now there's, there's so many angles that I've, I've, I've viewed this thing from and I've, I've thought, sat down and had my thoughts and, and all that and had some time to think about this now because it's, it's been out for a couple of days now and, he, him and his wife are now back talking and he's back seeing the kids according to a report from the uh, New York Post. But um, I, first of all, it's a global pandemic going on and you pressed to cheat on your, you really don't like her, huh? Like you really, you <laughs> that's, what I'm, that, like that's what I was getting at, yeah, that's why I didn't want to get too disrespectful, but like, you, you, I, you go I, out I, your way. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I, I, I always try to keep it respectful and not talk about nobody in no type of crazy way that I, you know, I wouldn't want nobody saying about me or whatever the case may be. But, like, that's, you're putting everybody's life at risk. Like, yes, the, the chances of you surviving are fairly high. You're a professional athlete. Your wife is, is uh, young and healthy. The kids, you know, kids are, are less likely to be affected by this thing. But less likely don't mean 0% chance. You know what I mean? Like, and, and this this isn't this isn't something to play with. Like this is, you know, you catch it and, and they don't even have a test for it. Don't have the proper equipment to, to get you where you need to be. And, and and you got money. So I'm sure that they'll figure out a way, but still like in this moment, in this moment, you couldn't just sit it down somewhere. I know you got a house big enough to you and your old lady get tired of each other. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and just go on into the, the work, the office room or <laughs> right. go like you, you cheating on your wife in the middle of a pandemic? You, oh, you a, you a bad man. But I'm but, scared uh, of Earl Thomas. <laughs> I'm scared of Earl Thomas. <laughs> no, for real, for real. But even, even, uh, even beyond that, um, his wife pulling up with the gun, and, and she was, she was arrested and uh, charged with a few different things, and 
and this is this is something that I've I, my mama told me this a long time ago, and I always live by. Um, if somebody puts you in a position where you got to put your hands on them, where you got to lose your freedom over them, where you got to do something like that over them, you don't need them in your life. Go on and walk away. Go on and walk away, and don't come back. And and I, I get it. Like y'all took vows before God, and you want to make it work, or whatever the case may be. But I'm not. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You cheating on me in the middle of this? I pull up and I see you naked with some some folk. Let me go ahead. Oh, and you worth millions? Oh, thank you so very much. I I knew you was a philanthropist, but I didn't know you wanted to give me half of everything. Let me go ahead and do this own video, and I'm gonna go ahead and go on by my way. And and my final point here, my final point, because I know I could be a little long winded, so I'm gonna try to wrap this last one up as, as quickly as I can. There was a young woman who tweeted uh, a series of tweets about. Uh, football players having CTE and and how um, football players are their wives need to be ready to uh, and I quote put them down like a mad dog if necessary because you know their brains are and I once again quote from the tweet their brains are Swiss cheese first thing first why are you marrying somebody that you are that you feel like I have to keep one eye open and I have to have uh, quote unquote bullets in the Birkin for first first thing first. Um, second thing, likening large men in a league that's seventy percent black to uh, mad dogs who need to be put down. Very interesting choice of words in this exact moment in history. And um, then moving beyond that, she said that the uh, the the she talked the young lady went on to talk about a a. Um, uh, imaginary player that's 6'5", 250. Earl Thomas is 5'10", 202. Like, I, I'm sorry, but Earl Thomas isn't even a big safety. So, no. like, why you have now created the image of this scary large man is 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 just beyond me. And it, it really, I just don't understand how a man can have violence enacted upon him and the immediate response that has gotten over 30,000 likes, over 10,000 retweets, is you need to be prepared. These NFL wives need to be prepared to put down their husband. Because the, the bullets in the Birkin line was, was really wild to me because Birkins cost tens of thousands of dollars. Who got tens of thousands of dollars to spend on a purse? Nobody but the NFL player. So you need <laughs> to tell me that you need to keep bullets in the set. So you're going to brag about the amount of money that he makes and how you're able to afford a Birkin while also saying, I'm going to keep a bullet in here just in case I got to put this big old buffoon down. <laughs> and people were a key keying at that. And it, it really, as a man myself, I played defensive tackle uh, at a division one level. So it, it's not, you know, what I, mean? I play defensive tackle in the ACC. So it's not like I'm, I'm like a small guy myself. So it's it, to, to see that was a thought that came out of that. That's just, that's awful. But in, in final Final thing to say on this, when you take your vows, you got to live by that. You got to live by it, stand on it. You done spent all that money for everybody to gather up and, and y'all do the songs and the dances and all that. You got to live on that. You got to stand by that, man. This woman done pushed out three of your kids. You got to do the right thing by her, dude. If you ever feel that need to where you like, hey, I'm done. I'm, I'm at a point where I risk life and limb to go get some spare coochie from anybody but you. Well, just go ahead and sign the papers, bro. Just go ahead and, you know right. what? Take whatever you need. Go on. But that, that, don't risk your freedom behind nobody who's cheating on you. But also, don't cheat on nobody. Don't do not do that. Yeah. So, But again, I'm going to step off my soapbox now. I'm going 
I know yeah. I was up on there for a while, but I'm going to get on there. <laughs> no, nah, it was good stuff, though, Giz, because that's right, man. That's tearing down a black community, man. I, I mean, we for all sure, black brothers, sure. so I can go ahead and for say sure. that. It's tearing down a black community, what they get. Because now you're going to have... You're going to have girls in college with football player boyfriends and they're going to be scared for their life or they're going to have to carry a gun and then college players. It's just, it could get messy. And when you go in that area, it can get messy. It can get messy. And exactly. And from the community aspect, like you said, that cheating, that, who, does it, who does it serve? Who does it benefit? Who does it benefit? You know what I mean? Like if you were to divorce and, and go on and do your thing or whatever the case may be, or if you were to say, hey, we need to be separated, we need to be apart, and you go on and do your thing, that's, that's different than, you know what I mean? Like you... Say I'm committed to this marriage. I'm in this marriage, da, 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 and just going on out and doing your thing. But the one of the other things that we talked about uh, with there being no sports is uh, the documentary on the uh, the final Bulls to win the championship. That was the '97 '98 season, correct? Correct. Okay, so the the documentary on the '97 uh, '98 Bulls, the last dance, and and I want to get y'all thoughts on what we think about the series so far because this. This thing wasn't supposed to drop until June, but they had to release it early because, I mean, there was no sports. It, everything was already done from an editing standpoint. Everything was already well, put together. Everything was the, the tape was already shot because the tape was from 10 years ago. The interviews, right. they, they got those done um, very recently as like well. Last so summer. They, last summer. Exactly, last summer. Yeah. So they, they everything was shot and everything was done. And they had to release it. Now, what do y'all think about the last? All right, minutes? so so first and foremost, I, I'm I'm gonna go ahead and leave this. I've been waiting on this all weekend, all week. I was like, oh, I can't wait to Sunday to talk about the last dance because it's coming on Sunday. So this is what I'm gonna go ahead and do first. So mind you, we are all all three of us are people that have watched the Bad Boys documentary, the Thirty for Thirty on Dennis Rodman. Correct. We watched the Nike documentary. We follow basketball in the in the '80s and the '90s. We've done our research. We've we've watched the Magic and Bird documentary. We've watched we've we've watched just about every documentary about the eighties and nineties basketball because we weren't in that era. So we, we did our research. We we love all those documentaries because that's just the era we, we wasn't able to physically see. So we try to get as much knowledge as we can on it. The last dance is basically just a repeat of all of those. <laughs> I'm a, I'm gonna just go ahead and say that. It's just a repeat of all of those. It just has Jordan in it. And the reason, okay, taking it back to the beginning, the reason, the first time I heard about this, Richard Jefferson was on live with Channing Frye and LeBron James. And Richard Jefferson said, I quote, I, they need to, don't, I don't want to get fired, but y'all need to release the last dance. Then LeBron goes on to say, the views right now, because we on lockdown, will be crazy. Next thing you know, the last dance comes out. I mean, LeBron has that kind of pool with ESPN. So, the whole time I'm watching, I'm like, ah, uh, yeah, that would be nice to see. I'm, I want to see all the things I didn't know about Jordan. But, I mean, it's still four episodes left, so we might get that. But right now, I'm not happy with it. I'm not happy with it. It's, it's watchable. I watch it as soon as it comes out. I'm going to watch it as soon as we've done with this podcast. But it's it's just not. To me, it's just a repeat of everything I've already seen. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, for me personally, I I agree. I agree with, with everything you said there, Chris. And, and here's here's my thing about it. Had The Last Dance been released as one of the first 30 for 30s, for me personally, I like it a lot more because The Last Dance is an overview, like you said, of all those other things put together. We talk about uh, Sonny Vaccaro and his 30 for 30 where he talked about the shoe deals and all that. 
a big part. They dedicate almost a half episode or maybe, yeah, maybe even a little more to just Jordan and what the Air Jordan 1 meant and him playing in the Air Jordan 1 in the garden and, and how the sales went and how he was supposed to sign with Adidas, but he ended up with Nike or he wanted to sign with Adidas, but he ended up with Nike and all that good stuff. And so, I mean, the, the fact of the matter and the Dennis Rodman and all his things and, and the bad boys and all that. So the way that it ended up working out we got the documentaries that were more detailed about the individuals in their runs. We got the, the documentary about all of the aspects that played a part in it, all the aspects that were uh, in the molding and, and did the, 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 the refining and the, the, that were the details of this beforehand. And that's just, you just don't, you don't organize it that way that you, you get the over, you get the broad overview last, but you get the details um first like that's not that's not how it's supposed to go right. yeah, if they would have did the the last dance first it would have been better however as they uh you know at, at the end of the day like lebron and richard jefferson were saying they great timing it just so happened to be that everything happened the way it did so they ended up in a situation of um having everybody at home at home and ready to watch because to be honest had they released this actually had everything going according to plan and they released this like during or after the finals or whatever the case may be, it wouldn't have drawn as much of a crowd because everybody would be like, Oh, we, I honestly we, think we I would have just watched the DVR of it. I wouldn't have watched it live right. after all that. Cause I would right. still but, be high off because, the finals. <laughs> exactly. And but because everybody is, is in social distancing and, and self quarantining and whatnot, the fact of the matter is, um, it's become a, a, a cultural thing. You know what I mean? Like, it's become a sports world thing. Everybody watches it together. Everybody's watching it live. And there's, and aside from the, and I will say this. For me, if I had to give it like, um, if I had to give it a, a, a scale of one to 10, I would give it a, a seven. And I would give it a seven. Seven is decent for me. I'm, I'm a bit of a movie snob. I love movies. So seven is, is not bad for me. Because even though it's repetitive and telling me stuff I already know, I mean, it, the the music choice is out of this world. Yeah. Out of this world. Oh, I mean, man. They, the soundtrack is phenomenal, man. Phenomenal. The soundtrack is going to be OD. Don't bring out Party Man by Prince. Come on, man. Come on, man. Don't. As soon as I heard, Lawrence, let's expand our minds a little. I said, oh, oh hold on now. <laughs> they done done it. Let me tell you, I'm a little over six feet. 300 pounds. I don't dance, but when I hear party man, hey, come on now, the rug gonna get cut. That's just how, that's just how that's gonna work. <laughs> but um, yeah, the, as far as that, and as far as like a, a lot of little moments that are just uh, beautiful, you know, uh, memeable moments, like uh, when the security guard, uh, when the security guard beat him at when they were uh, doing the quarters game, and, and he hit he hit Jordan with the Jordan shrug. You know what I mean? That was beautiful. Like Jordan looking down at the uh, tablet while Isaiah was explaining why everything happened the way it happened on the Pistons. And it was beautiful. It was beautiful. And, and, and that's what I need to see more of is what I'm saying. Like, I, I, that's what I thought I was going to get out of it. I was going to see Jordan's reaction to everything. But, no, he's just telling the story, basically how they already told the story to me. Right. It seems like right. I need more of it. I need more. I, I would say I would give it a solid six because only because, only because, how they not really highlight Scotty as much, man. They they showing love to Scotty. But they're not really giving Scotty the like they even let but, Jordan throw shade at Scotty about the migraine. He was basically well, he my reaction was Jordan really wasn't trying to hear nothing about that migraine. He was like, Scotty, <laughs> it ultimate happens, competitor, I guess. man. Right. I but, get it. But I mean, 
Like George George should really be he should really be trying to build Scotty's image because I'm not if I'm not mistaken, didn't Scotty just get released from ESPN on the broadcasting? Um I, I'm not I'm I, not I know sure. with Fox Sports. Wait, no, he wasn't with Fox Sports. I, I yeah, he was with ESPN because he was on the jump. He was yeah. on the jump. Oh, he surely was. He surely was. Yeah, yeah so, yeah, I mean, I, I don't even think he's working for the jumping. I think he got fired from the jump. Yikes, that's tough. But I, I, I think, I'm sorry, but one of the details that I did not know that they gave me that I'm, I was flabbergasted, I mean flatly in all over, Scottie Pippen during their run was the 122nd highest paid player in the league? What? What? That, that when is I so heard weird. that man, when, when I heard that man, I was like, I, I mean, if you if like, you're looking from from management though, like up into those last two seasons, Jordan didn't get paid either. They they were just one, they were cheap. Two, they didn't like the the management. Obviously, didn't like the fact that um, Phil Jordan and and Pippen were basically the face of their franchise, which they felt like they built. And I think a large detail of what this thing is leaving. Now, I don't think they're going to touch on it. Um, I'm one of the firm believers that if that Bulls team wanted to make another run the season after with the lockout, I think they could have easily won another championship. But Jerry Krause was intent on giving uh, Tony Kukoc a max deal and, and the keys to the Bulls, which they spoke about how high he was on Coach, but they yeah, didn't speak yeah, on the fact that he wanted Coach to be the centerpiece of the Bulls. Another thing that they didn't make clear, which I thought they would, sometimes I debate with people, who was their third option? Defend- who was their third option? Because, you know, some people would say they didn't really have a third option. It was Jordan Pitt. If they, they got going, then the team just built off that. And then I hear Coach was the third option. Then sometimes I hear Paxton the cool coach was the third, third option. So, go ahead. Cool coach was the third option for the, the third run. I mean, the second run. If we talk about the second run, cool coach wasn't even around for the first. Right, for, right uh, for the first run. Right. But I, I, I'm, yeah, I'm talking about the last run because that's where the last dance really been picking the two. Right, 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 for there, sure, so. for sure. But yeah, I, I mean, at the end of the day, it, it, if you're talking about the third option as far as offensively, then absolutely, there's no way that you can even like have a debate of oh yeah well this person was the third out this person no the other guys had their specialized roles but if you talk about okay well Jordan and Pippen one and two let's just say they're both out or, or something happens to both of them or something happens to one of them who's the next in line offensively that's not even I, I don't really think in watching those games and in watching those games and looking at the stat sheet you really can't make too much of an argument for anybody else and I'm 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 a I'm upset a little bit that it took this documentary for people to finally give Robin his roses for what he was and what he meant. To oh my God! To that that is not that is somebody that's okay. underrated. He's underrated, man. Robin has always been my favorite weirdo, and and he's he he's different. He's himself, but he didn't have to force it. It wasn't like he was. And and Bill Simmons said that uh, can we stop pretending that Robin's interesting? And that was wow, just wow. Like that's. Sometimes we just need to stop doing things for reaction and be honest with ourselves. Robin is legitimately an extremely interesting character. That was that's just the facts of the matter. Uh, but also he he just he went out there. He defended at such a high level. He rebounded at an extremely high level, and he did not need that. He didn't. This man got on air and said with a straight face, "I want to get my nose broken. I want that. 
I want that. <laughs> I want to. I want to be there. I want to. You know, I'm here. I'm there. The rebounds. He got on air with a straight face. He didn't say nothing about when I get in the post. I hit a drop step, or I, I hit the Hakeem shake, or I hit this and that. He didn't say nothing about offense. He talked about his defensive angles and how he rebounds, how he sees the trajectory and, of the ball, and how that, he studies. And that's what I want to see more of, though, Gibbs. I want to see more. I want to see them explaining why they didn't really have, like, I know Kukot was the third option in that last run, but I want them to explain how they really ran the offense when it was really just Jordan Pitt and people just pick and choose their spots when they got in the game. Like, Rodman to get a rebound, outlet pass, or either here, rim run. You know what I'm saying? Stuff like that. Right. I want to see more of that. I want to see more of their strategy. What, what was going through Jordan's head during the games? Like, yeah, I don't, like, because he eventually realized, I did learn he eventually realized he didn't have to go get every bucket. Every time he eventually realized that, and I want to see how his thought process was, which we still might see. I want to see how his thought process was like. Look, I need to get him involved more. Like they did, they good good when they show how Phil Jackson told him who's open. He said Paxson, so get the ball to Paxson. I want to see more of that. I want to see more of yeah. Jordan, it was Game Six. Jordan hit the game with a shot. I feel like this is glorifying Jordan. I want to hear more about what Jordan's team did, and that's just that's just me. Now, I, I, I don't th- I, I think y'all would change y'all grade on what y'all think of the documentary when y'all think of it from this perspective. We're, uh, I guess you could say, like borderline fanatics when it comes to sports, especially hoops. Um, so we're looking at it from an in-depth perspective or we want to hear more about like the thought process or we want to hear about like Jordan's absolute obsession with competition but one thing that every 30 for 30 did um, that this one is continuing to doing, but continuing to do because it's on a Disney platform is it's essentially making a movie for people that want to either relive the moment or wasn't there to know the levity or the gravity of the moment that we're witnessing. So I, I don't I don't think that we'll ever get more out of this or 30 for 30 than uh basically like a synopsis of the situation like if you wanted to read about the absolute phenomenon that was the bulls or that was jordan the 30 for 30 is basically like the back of the book that the author puts on there so you can like want to read it mm. i guess you, you I know guess, that's I a bar that's a bar you know what and i never even thought about it from that perspective that's that's a for show bar. That is, that's definitely like um. I'll I'll, I'll uh, just to put a gem out there for y'all because I don't know if y'all know about it or if whoever our, our viewers know about it. Like we all saw the the bird and magic thirty for thirty, right? Yeah, that, for was, sure. that was great. Oh my goodness! That was Did y'all see the HBO documentary on Larry and Bird? I saw that. Came oh, I saw out? both of them. Yeah. Right, right. Them. So yeah. you got to think of the difference of like HBO has always made um has always made documentaries for the fanatic or the person that needs more information. And that, like, those two documentaries are on the exact same thing, but just the difference in how they're produced shows Mm -hmm. you, like, the, the... how how we're supposed to view or how Disney wants us to see these 30 for 30 documentaries that's dropping. I'm just excited to see, um... In a scope where I, I grew up playing organized sports and we're in an era where everybody's buddy-buddy, the thing I'm taking most from this is I miss a world where sports was about competition and not everybody wanted to be friends and not everybody got a pat I mean, on the back for but, losing. But wait a minute now. It, Jordan, during the playoffs, was he doing golfing. 
with the with the, the the opponent. Now, don't get me wrong. They did. It was a different thing as far as the like the um, the the physicality of what was allowed on the most part, because we all know even back then stars got star calls. That's just a fact of the matter. But the the I just think that it the way that things were presented back then was different. Like they weren't buddy buddy. Like after the game, they wouldn't take pictures, do the jersey swap, and all that. But I mean, I I have not heard of a story of players today. Yeah, he was out on Rodeo Drive with da 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 before the uh, before the finals. Like what? Or he was out on da 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 doing da 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 with da 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 before the. If that ain't their teammate, I haven't heard of it. And maybe it's a thing that well, this, they I don't think that's because I don't think we've hit that level of um. Like, if you got to think of the players that's really been dominant or the players we've seen compete at the highest level in the past few years, you think LeBron, you think Kawhi, you think Steph, and they're right at that dividing line of where, like, everybody is best friends through AAU and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So I think, like, how we're thinking of this, like, I think of, like, the way um, – the people I just mentioned approach the game similar to Jordan's because even if you do see them uh, outside of sports, how much of that, like Jordan playing golf with somebody, how much of that is cerebral? How much of that is like, yeah, we're doing this for the sake of furthering the game, but like we still not cool like that. Like I want to see in five years how people will approach the game when we, I'm not saying this is going to happen because it's not going to happen. But what if we get like a Carl Anthony Towns, Devin Booker matchup in the finals? Well, they'd have to leave their respective franchises because. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I'm we saying. We're not even getting a conference final with those two. We're not even getting a. A T Wolves <laughs> But we're not even but, getting uh, a, no, a, a, a Sunday matchup, like primetime matchup with them two teams. But exactly. exactly. What I'm saying is how how differently are we going to how how different is the game gonna look when everybody grew up together and everybody that played together when they were twelve are competing against each other at the highest level. That's that's what I'm curious to see. You gotta look at it like this, man. You gotta look at it like this. Back then I don't know about y'all, but the talent was scarce. Like, it was probably 30 people that you would be like, okay, he that deal for real in the league. Now, even on the on the scrub teams, it's some it's some players on the team where you're like, hey, no, he's really he's really like that. He's really he's right. really good. Right. Like, I'm if gonna he work was out on the winning team, summer. right? Yeah, I, and he was on like Devin Booker for example. He's a bucket. I don't care what you say. He's a bucket. For sure. And and, and for if sure. I'm LeBron or I, I know he works out with Jimmy Butler sometimes in the summer. If I'm an all-star, I'm not going to tell Devin Bucker, no, you can't work out with me. I'm going to get better when working out with Devin Bucker. So I think that's where mm -hmm. it comes. It's talent. It's more talent around the league now than it was back then. That's probably why more people are buddy-buddy, in my opinion. Because back then, what Jordan looked like working out with? I'm trying to think of somebody. Like, Harold Miner. Right, right. What, what, what does Jordan <laughs> look like working out with? You know what I'm saying? Like. But now it's it's stars in every state just about like, or that come from every state. So, because basketball is such a popular thing now. Back then, basketball wasn't nowhere near as popular as it is now. Right. Nowhere near. So, all right. That's now, just where last, I think that comes. Now, now we go. We I I gotta get this in here because it's the last topic of the day, and I, I really want to hear y'all opinions on this thing. Now, Frank Gore has just signed with the Jets. Now. 
Frank Gore is he's not one of those guys that if you don't follow the game close, you don't know. But that's the the actual signing ain't the important part. His age is. Frank Gore is a 36-year-old running back. Running backs don't have that shelf life to last for years and years and years. He's on year 16 in the league, I believe, 16. And I mean, good God, just like, wow. Well, I mean, don't like, they already have Le'Veon? They already have Le'Veon. So, yeah, they already have. I mean, but he's he's a, he's a going to be the veteran presence. And uh, Le'Veon, well, I, I don't – I don't know what role they're going to have him in. I'm, I'm going to just keep it a bad with you because Adam Gase is Adam Gase, and you never know how he's going to play with anybody. Yeah, and, the fact and they, they ran a lot of two running back sets too. And the fact that they even let – the fact that they even let Robbie Anderson walk is just like appalling to me if you the Jets. But So so Frank Gore signs with the uh, Jets at the age of 36, and I just want to know. I just – I need to know this from y'all. He'll be – He'll be uh, 37 in a couple of days. His birthday is May 14th, so in four days he'll be 37. Now, I just want to know, who do y'all think, in, across any sport, across anything right now, who do y'all think is doing the best job of battling Father Time? And who do y'all think is like, all right, hang it up, buddy. Come on. Come on. It's time. It's time. Come on. Uh, Currently? Yeah. Currently, I don't think there's any other answer to that ex- except LeBron. Right. Right. Um, but besides Brian, who was in year what seventeen? Yeah, yeah. The only other year I could say was comparable to uh LeBron's year seventeen was Kobe's year seventeen, and he didn't make it through that season. So what about Kareem's? What about Kareem's? Uh, all right, let's let's derail for well, one we, second. If we're talking a historical, if we're talking a historical context of of who's battled to be Father Tom, that list can go on and on. It's been a few guys that just, for whatever reason, they just were really great for a really long time. And just, you know, let's let's derail for one second before I finish that. Um, one uh, opinion that I have about Kareem that I always put out to old heads when because a lot of old heads call Kareem the GOAT. Um, how many great players have we seen whose year 17 would look that good if they had Magic Johnson feed him the ball? Mm. I mean, yeah. You can, okay. You can say that. All right. Say they that. play in the era. I mean, if you look in, in the mid to late 80s, the only other bigs you had to compete with was a 20-year-old Patrick Ewing, a 20-year-old Akeem Olajuwon, and a Ralph Sampson with two knock knees. Mm. There were no other bigs, so Kareem had to get into a spot. He didn't have to ex- exert much energy on defense, and he had the greatest passer of all time feed him the ball. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not taking away, but, I mean, we were just looking at year 17s that looked good. I mean, Kareem, year 17 was... It wasn't bad. It wasn't bad at all. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean but if we're if we're talking current players, um, besides LeBron, I can't really give you an answer. I'm I am impressed to hear Frank Gore is, is still playing because, like I said, I'm not a huge consumer of football any longer. But the last Madden that I purchased was Madden 09. And if somebody from that game is still competing in the NFL, I'm impressed to hear it. <laughs> I mean, listen, yeah, I mean, it's, it's not Frank it's not Gore, many. Gore, it's, he's not. I, I, what you think is? You think Frank Gore Hall of Famer? So, if we're talking about Frank Gore in the Hall of Fame, right? He's one of those guys that, for me personally, he'll get in, but it's because the Hall of Fame voters 
are very subjective and picky with how they want to let people in and why they want to let people in. Because, I mean, Frank right. Ward, he's the consummate professional. He goes to work. He does his business. He, he handles his business. And he's done so for so long consistently. He has never a – lot of, a lot of the voters switch their criteria from player to player because one question that they always ask is, well, at what point were they ever the best player at their position? Or were they ever top two or three in their position? Frank Gore has never been a top two to three running back. He's never been. He's never been a guy that I'm like, okay, if I've got. Game, though, man. Game isn't to, like, and that, like, like, like you said, his game is good. His game is, 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 it was an all around game. He did have a little bit of everything when he was younger. Now he's, he's more of a, a short yardage uh, power back and he's more of a player coach and a, a guy who you bring him into your locker room and he's going to show the young guys how to do it as he did with Singletary on the Bills last year. But, I mean, the fact of the matter is he has never been the top two to three guy. I think at his his absolute best, he was a top ten in the league guy. But other than that, he's never he's never been the top one or two. And then another thing that they asked was, well, how long were they at the top? He has more longevity than we've ever seen from the running back position. But, once again, he has never been the guy that I'm like, okay, I'm going to put this team on Al Gore's back and he's going to carry us. You know what I mean? Like, he's he's been a leader. He's done well. He's had great seasons when uh, when uh, Harbaugh was with the uh, 49ers. He had some some pretty good seasons uh, then. But he he's never been um, he's never been the, the top guy. But he's a good guy. He's like an actual good guy off the field as far as we know. He's a good guy in the locker room. He's great with the press. He's great in the community. And he's done it for so long that the narrative alone is going to get him in. He may not be first ballot, but he's going to get in eventually. But that's that to me is like, come on, man. Because y'all kept T.O. out because y'all said, oh, well, he, he was a cancer to the locker room. And he did this and he did that. But he checked all the other boxes. He checked the longevity box because he did it for years. He did it from uh, – he did it from – um, uh, Steve Young all the way up through uh, Donovan McNabb's last year or, or or things of that sort. And he, he did it for forever. He did it with Tony Romo. He did it with all types, from all types of generations. So he, he had the longevity part. Was he a top two or three receiver in the league? Well, you tell me how many guys can go out on that field with a broken leg at the receiver position and do what he did in that Super Bowl against the Patriots. The win or loss don't matter because at the end of the day, he you can't say that T.O. hurt that team by being on that field. You cannot argue that. There is no logical world in which you can argue that. And so, you know, the 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 should he get into the Hall of Fame as far as Al Gore goes? I, I don't know. All the guys that they kept out, if Ricky Waters is still out, I don't know if I want to see him in, but – He'll get in. He'll get in because he's a guy that the voters like, and he's easy to vote for. You don't have a reason off the field to vote against him. You don't. Nobody has a personal gripe against Frank, so he'll, he'll probably get in off off the strength of that alone. And and the NFL and the only reason we're having this debate is because the NFL has their own Hall of Fame separate from foot, all the football together. Because for basketball, I mean, Which I wish basketball would freaking do. <laughs> I, I, oh my God, I wish basketball would. See, they get away with it because it's the basketball Hall of Fame and not the NBA Hall of Fame. Exactly. If they did exactly. that for basketball, so much more things in life would make sense. So oh, for sure. And it, it, 
and there would be a lot of folks who are in the basketball hall of fame who don't even sniff the nba hall of fame who got in for things that they did in the nba but when you when you sincerely break it down and ask the same questions about these players that you do about as uh, and use the same criteria for the nba as you do for the nfl boy it's gonna be a lot of hurting souls it's gonna be a lot of folks sitting out here sad and crying like you can't retroactively remove my granddad we're not removing them. We just got a separate one for the NBA, and he's not in it. Oh man! Yeah, I um, I I just think of it from this perspective. I I know it's a lot tougher to um make the Hall of Fame in the NFL than it is basketball. Like I'm pretty sure by the time this this run with the podcast that we're starting is over, we'll be in the Basketball Hall of Fame. But <laughs> I I can't think. I, I can't think of a scenario where the number three rusher of all time doesn't make the Hall of Fame, even though, exactly. like, his exactly. impact on the game hasn't been there. But, like, he's number three rushing all time. He he has to right. fit in there somewhere. Right. And, and and like I said, it's the longevity that we've never seen. We, we don't – running backs, when you think about what they do and what they're asked to do, like, at the end of the day, the we all know the front office mentality. Your job, the the job of the front office is to get the best players on the field, is to get the best fit for the locker room in the locker room, is to get everything that they can to maximize the potential of every spot, from the water boy all the way up to the head coach, all the way up to the GM, all the way. That's the that's the, the front office's job, to, to maximize um, the the achievement out of each spot, right? And the fact of the matter is, he's achieved for a very long time. He's never been top one, top two, top three, but he has been top ten, top fifteen for forever. Right. He's been that for forever. You know what I mean? So, and it's 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 hard to it's hard to make an argument of that. And also another part of that uh, saying of uh, it's it's the the front office's job to get the best players in there. The player's job is to be one of the best players. So at the running back position, what you're asked to do is evade tackles or run through tackles or just generally advance the ball. And, and being asked to do that when, okay, so when he first came into the league, he came into the league uh, in 2000, and I want to say 2002 or 2003. 2003, he came into the league. He comes to the league in 2003. The running backs from back then, the guys that have came and went from back then to now, I mean, dude, you, you've got a world of difference. You've got – from back then, you've got the Kevin Joneses for the Lions, right? That thousand-yard rusher for a couple of years was pretty good. Did did a little bit of this and that, and all the way up to the Derrick Henrys of now, the absolute freak of nature, the juggernaut. Like you just you give them the ball and get out the way, and yet and still through all of the games progressions and all of the the fact that a guy like Tarek Cohen can or Tariq Cohen, I'm I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing that. The fact that a guy like that who's undersized but has extreme utility as a return man and a receiver out of the backfield, now that there's a role for a guy like that or a Naheem Hines, and yet Frank still persists and finds a way for himself through that, I mean, it's it's impressive. It's impressive. And I don't want to – I don't just because I don't think that, like, oh, yeah, he's he's great and he's he, – there's no-brainer. I'm fine with him getting in and I'm fine with him not being let in. I like either way. But he's going to get in because he's the number three rusher, like you said. And he's just a good guy in the community. So, now, yeah. To your other point, to your other point, is there anybody now that needs to just hang it up? 
Uh, oh, definitely, definitely. Uh, it's, it's a few. I'm trying to think. It's I'm trying to think of the, on just on the basketball and football side. Well, if we if we talking if we talking basketball, Devin Harris is still kicking around the league. So let's <laughs> right. start there. Yeah, let's he's start one. There. He's one. Uh, go on, go on somewhere, bro. Go on. You was good. You had a. You were like mid at your peak. Like you were mid in the league at your peak. You were never like a walking bucket, a walking playmaker, a walk. You were never walking clamps. So whatever. I probably would still take Vince Carter over him right now, to be honest with you. But, I probably but Vince Carter still. is agreeing to hang it up, right? He's agreeing. To yeah, hang yeah. That's what I'm saying. I still, I'm oh, saying okay. even after this year, I would probably still take Vince Carter over Devin Harris. For sure. For sure. I feel like. Oh, uh, man. Like, but it's a 4 year old. Vince, it's impressive. I mean, he's, 40, he's 42 now. Yeah, he's 42 Oof. now. But I Ooh, still goodness. would rather take forty-four year old over Devin Harris. I mean, Devin Harris needs to just—he needs to just go. Let it, <laughs> let it go, man. Uh, let it, let it go. And and on the football side, I don't know why everybody keep lying to themselves, acting like Tom Brady is still a bad man. Oh he, my god! At at his peak, he was dominant. He, he, but even at his peak, there was still a lot of speculation as far as whether or not that was the teams around him and, and having the greatest coach of all time. But now. How anybody can argue, oh, he still has the deep ball. He still has this. He still has all these things in his back. Well, let's examine that for a second. Tom Brady has never been a mobile quarterback. He has moved around a little bit in the pocket in order to find spaces to get the ball out. But he's never been a mobile quarterback. And even when it comes to moving in the pocket, as his career has progressed, he don't even do that much of that anymore. He just is everything is timing and everything is precise. Now, to say that he has not lost his deep ball, is to say that he's basically lost nothing. Because that is the only thing that he could lose as a quarterback. Because he was never mobile. He was never agile. He was, you really telling me that everybody around Tom Brady is just aging, 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 and everybody stinks. But Tom Brady ain't got nothing to do with that. He's not contributing to that at all. He's not really. Because if you watch the games, you would see he wasn't on his back every play. He wasn't getting knocked around to the point where it's like, all right, now, Jesus, I mean, he doesn't even have any time to throw. He needs to hang it up. And the fact that people think that he's going to do these all these amazing miracles with Bruce Arians that we've never seen before. Fun fact about Bruce Arians. His first year, when I believe it's been three or four different quarterbacks now, they all had over 30 turnovers. All of them. All of them. So we could say, oh, that's Jameis. We could say, oh, that's this guy. Oh, that's that guy. At a point, there becomes a pattern. The pattern is you, my guy. The pattern is the coach. So now, when we get Tom Brady with that, I don't think that Tom Brady is, is just going to blow him out the water and become this super play, become this uh, superstar arm that he wasn't before. But somehow, Arians is just going to figure out how to get his arm injected with all the power that it once had. Knock it off. Hang it up. Go on. And I'm going to tell you this. Gronk need to go ahead with him. Gronk, you were retired. Stay retired. Stay retired, G. I, I think Gronk still got some miles, miles on him, man. And, and I'm going to say, Gronk, Gronk could barely stay healthy when he was in the game all the time. Now that he's coming in out of shit, boy. Okay, <laughs> Um, me personally, I am extremely happy that uh, Gronk is coming out of retirement. Not because I'm going to be watching uh, Buccaneers games whenever live sports do come back or whatever the case is. Unlike you two, which I won't be bringing to this podcast this often, is uh, I'm a wrestling fan. And in case you didn't know, um, the WWE signed Gronk to a multi-year deal before he came out of retirement. 
and anything that you can do to have Gronk away from our wrestling television <laughs> is good with me. Yikes. Yikes. You hate to see that. Yeah, I, I don't want to see Gronk wrestle. I'm sorry. I yeah, so. I don't want to so... see him playing football either. I don't want to hear. And listen, I'm not saying that as a, a, a salty Lions fan that's upset that he. Uh, I've. I've never liked the fact that Grant gets away with stuff that with anybody else gets him labeled as immature, gets him labeled as a problem, gets him labeled as Grant uh, is a, a big dirty child. Play- <laughs> exactly. Gets him labeled as a dirty player or why or whatever the case may be. I've never liked that, but even beyond that is the fact that this man weaseled his way out of playing for a team and everybody is like cool and celebrating it and happy. And that's that to me is is madness. It's 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 flatly madness. But um, as we as we go ahead and, and wrap up our inaugural, no, nah, I'm joking. We're not gonna be yearly. We're gonna be weekly. So I don't, <laughs> I don't know what to call our first ever episode. But as we wrap it up, oh, we, uh, well, what is the um? It's not inaugural. It's um. Give give me one second. I need to advise my consult. Uh, my much smarter uh half on this one. She would know the word. If this is our first podcast, <laughs> what would it be sure. called? It's the inaugural, correct? It's still inaugural, even even if it's weekly. Yeah, inaugural is the first. This means the first. Okay, so it's not a time Ooh. period on inaugural. This is our inaugural podcast. Uh, I can't look at confirm. Me. Look at me! I'll smart myself here. Before we end this, uh, any socials that you would like to plug to to further any conversations or questions? Uh, you can follow me on any social platform at under big underscore big time Chris. Uh, we got a uh, TJF underscore Kenton on uh, Twitter. I'm not really big on IG because I mean I got a face for radio, so you know. Okay. <laughs> um, I will not plug my regular Twitter just because uh the more I get into media, I want to curate a more uh. I've never been a PG person, but my Twitter is just is is views on there from maybe 2012 that I would not like to be public. So um, follow me on any platform, whether it be Twitch, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter at Artiezif Gaming. Uh, I'm gonna co-op this with my other media outlets. Well, as we wrap up our inaugural podcast, we know you done had enough of us, but stay a while. Come back next week. Come back the week after that, and the week after that, and the week after that, as we continue to bring you facts over acts.